This is Chris Payne from Euclid, Ohio, and you are listening to Barbecue Central. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure you say whatever? We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. The Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is a show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. The barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening live fire fun and frivolity show if this is the week that you are ready to join in i'm happy to have you through phone calls or emails and here's how you do it you can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966 email greg at the bbq central show.com on the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening this evening. Coming up at about 12 minutes from now, we were stake-heavy last week. We will remain stake-heavy, at least for the first interview segment in the first hour. We talked with the 2020 world champion of stake at the World Championship that took place about a week and a half ago down in Fort Worth, Texas. And this week, we will be joined by first-timer to the show and your 2020 SEA points champion, Sandy Brown, from Stress Relief Barbecue. Excited to talk to Sandy. We actually have a crossing Cleveland connection. Her place of employment is actually based, headquartered, global headquarters, in the city that I used to live in before we moved to Willoughby over the summer last year in Wycliffe, Ohio, where I lived for seven years. And then before that, I was literally 50 feet uh, into Euclid from the Wycliffe side. So Sandy works for a company that is globally based in Wycliffe. So that was a unique bit of information. And you continue to learn how small the world is from time to time. So we'll be talking with Sandy Brown Coming up in a few minutes from now to recap Team of the Year winnings amongst a bunch of other stuff. Then 35 past the hour because it is the fourth Tuesday of a month. You know what that means. It is a visit from our fourth Tuesday of the month regular guest in the first hour, Derek Riches from DerekRiches.com. There have been some business dealings that have gone on since the last time we talked. Not the least of which is Traeger potentially out for sale. Last valued that I heard around the $3 billion mark. So we'll talk to Derek about that and see if that's overhyped, see if there's any buyers or suitors that he has heard of recently. And then we will also delve into the recent sale of B&B Charcoal to Duraflame. Duraflame also owns Cowboy brand of charcoal, which you can find in some of your big box stores. And a bunch of scuttlebutt over the internet, of course, is now with the sale to Duraflame. Is this going to impact quality? Is this going to 
mean that B&B is going to be charging a even more premium price than maybe they already are compared to some other brands. A lot of internet speculation, so we'll talk to Derek and suss out what is true and what is not. We'll also get a first reveal or first look on a gravity-fed charcoal cooker. Similar in concept to Master Built. This one's from Char Griller. And I think over the history of the show, both Derek and I have given our own thoughts on concepts of Char Griller and Master Built and then where they actually come together in fruition leaves a little bit to be desired. So we'll see if that's more of the same or if Derek will have some great new news for us for this first look. And uh, depending on how time goes, we'll talk about Grills and cookers that we might suggest as we get into this grilling season, which is now quickly approaching depending on where you are in the country. Then we'll move to the second hour. It is the fourth Tuesday of the month, as I had mentioned just a few minutes ago. And that, of course, brings a visit in the second hour from the Embedded Correspondence. It's really one of, if not the most popular recurring segment that is going on in the history of the show, recent history of the show. So very excited to have Doug, who is on a staycation, but not at his house. So he's on a kind of a vacation staycation. John Solberg from Michigan and the latest, greatest embedded correspondent, Rusty Monson from the great city of Utah, will all be joining us. And we're ready to get their thoughts on a number of topics. Happy to have you jump aboard as well as you see fit. 216-220-0966 or Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Don't forget, you can follow me socially. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snapchat at BBQ Central Show. Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show, where you can find video feeds. You can also find one over at YouTube, which is slash RD Rempe. So first off, I want to apologize for and to the masses and specifically to Marissa Overson for last week's interview And the audio specifically on my end totally bummed me out for days on end, of course. I think we all have come to know my OCD as it relates to sound quality. And to have me coming across to me, totally unacceptable. So again, I apologize to Marissa, the fan base. Again, you know I hold audio to the highest standards. And last week I failed and I kept with it because it was a great interview that was going down on her side. So I wanted to own that. I will continue to keep audio quality as the most important core value of the show. Now, that being said, this past Friday morning, because I was so incensed with myself after re-listening back on Thursday, and I'm hoping that some of you enjoyed this little thing that happened. The original audio was uploaded on Thursday, as it normally is. And you could hear when I would talk, I came a lot of the time hot over the top of me in a quick echo. It was terrible. I called it the echo monster back in the day, except it was usually my guest who was listening to themselves in another browser, getting caught up in it, forgetting to shut that window. But this was completely different. And again, it was only on my side. So I got up Friday morning after I listened to it and I said, you know what? I can fix this. I can make this a much more listenable interview. So I cut out a bunch of the questions that I had asked Marissa that I was getting that immediate feedback and echo from, and I 
put a whole new bunch of questions and laced them into the conversation. So, of course, the win is you don't hear the echo and it doesn't make it unlistenable and a hurdle to get to the end. And instead, you get a nice, clean audio segment. And if you want to do a comparison, you didn't hear the first run on Thursday and then get the reload on Friday. Go back and listen to the YouTube video audio or go back and listen to the Facebook where they all archive and listen to the audio there and hear the echoes that I'm talking about. And then go to the podcast, whether through the website or if you download it on some type of a podcast platform and listen to how I cut myself out, relayed the questions or relayed the questions, not relayed, but re-asked those questions. And I... The cat's out of the bag at this point. If you never heard the original audio and you just caught it Friday or Saturday over the weekend or whatever the case may be, you probably had no idea. You just thought it was a bomb-ass interview between host and your 2020 stake world champion because Marissa laid down some great information. But if you were struggling, struggling through it on a Tuesday last week as I was, I can't even believe I made it through the interview. You will understand, as my longest-running embedded correspondent, Doug Scheiding, told me privately through text message, hey, I'm re-listening to the new audio, and I have to tell you, it's like listening to two different interviews. The second one is so much more enjoyable, and I'm getting so much more out of it. It's like the first one was a totally different interview completely, and this one is just so much better, so much more enjoyable, and I'm getting so much more out of it. Because you don't have those audio hurdles that I continue to rail about. So enjoy the relayed audio. Take it from there. Listener feedback from Mike. Is it Lukey or Luce or Luke or Luce in Milwaukee, Wisconsin? Hi, Greg. First off, love the show. Really appreciate the production value put into it. Everything always sounds fantastic. Just wanted to let you know that you've done what my parents have always tried to do, and that is inspire me. I've been in the video production business for the last 20 years, shooting television shows, commercials, and corporate videos. The landscape of the business has changed significantly since then, and with COVID, my business took a big hit, so thought it was time to pivot, and now I'm opening a brick-and-mortar store in Milwaukee called Barbecue Supply Company. We've only announced it a couple days ago, and the traction has been overwhelming. We open April 9th, and there's a lot to be done, but we're pretty excited. Anyway, just wanted to let you know that had I not listened to your show... I wouldn't have the knowledge or confidence to even consider something like this. So thank you. Keep up the good work. Keep representing the North Coast. And thanks again, Mike in Wisconsin. Mike, good luck. We we wish you success, and we'll be looking forward to some feedback on that opening day, April 9th. Good luck with that. Thank you for writing in, and thank you for listening to the show. Sandy Brown is coming up next. I want to talk to you quickly about the... Hashtag restaurant challenge that certified Angus beef has going on right now. A little encouragement goes a long way. Here are more ways to help your favorite places of eating. First, dine in where safe or get carry out. Or you can buy gift cards, regardless of whichever one you do. If you can, tip generously for crying out loud. Then leave a positive comment on social media. A five-star rating would be favorable. Thank the staff, of course, and then, as we all love to do, because we're foodies, take pictures of your food through social media, post them, tag the place that you got the food 
from. And then remember to use the hashtag restaurant challenge. And as long as you tag the restaurant, not only are you in for a $100 gift certificate, a weekly drawing, but the restaurant that's tagged is also in for their own drawing for $2,500 that will help the entirety of the restaurant. So once again, dine in, wear safe, or get takeout. Tag the restaurant on social media as you upload your pics and use the hashtag restaurant challenge for your chance to win a $100 gift card. And again, when you tag the restaurant, they have an opportunity to win $2,500 for the restaurant itself. It's exciting. It's great. It's wonderful. You're continuing to eat. You're helping yourself potentially win $100. You could then take that gift certificate, go to the next restaurant, support them, tag them, and try and see if you can't win them $2,500 as well. Challenge.CertifiedAngusBeef.com. That's Challenge.CertifiedAngusBeef.com. Use the hashtag RestaurantChallenge. You could win 100 bucks. The restaurant can win 2500 bucks. Everybody's winning. It's like Oprah. You get a car, you get a car. Except you get 100 bucks potentially. And they get 2500 bucks. Tag, post, and hashtag restaurant challenge from Certified Angus Beef. We are back with Sandy Brown right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere The Barbecue Central Show. Now's the time on the show where we give stuff away, yeah. It's free and you don't have to pay a thing, that's why it's free, yeah. All right. You wanted it, you get it back, your chance to win free stuff. Yes, that was me singing the Black Keys, but I made up the lyrics. I got a haul of Cosmos Q's wing dust the other day. So, if you want to try wing dust, shoot me an email, and in the subject line, put wing dust. Spell it correctly, wing dust. And I will send you a flavor of my choice, free of charge. All you have to do is send me an email, be the first one in, and in the subject line, uh, the email greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. And in the subject line, put wing dust, and I will announce the winner here after... We are done this evening, and you will get a flavor of my choice sent to you for free. Good luck. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host. Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic temperature control technology, sellers of ceramic cookers with built-in power draft fans and accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit bbqguru.com for more information or give them a call at 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. All right, we were big on steak last week, and we remain steak forward in this interview segment, at least. Joining me now is your 2020 Steak Cook-Off Association Team of the Year winner, 
an award you picked up at the World Championships just uh, about a week and a half ago. Here to talk about the title and much more is the grill master of stress relief barbecue first timer to this show. Sandy Brown joins me. Hey, Sandy. Hi, Greg. How are you? I am fabulous. Appreciate you joining me here this evening. As I had mentioned at the top, little did we know we kind of have this crazy Wycliffe, and if I can get more into the minutia, Wycliffe connection. There's like the only business in Wycliffe is a place called Lubrizol, which happens to be a place that you are again employed at. Yes, yes. I've been working there for about seven years. And uh, usually if you hear someone who's in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, they have some connection to, to Luperzal. So. Yes, it's a very big employer all over the landscape of Cleveland. So before we get into the steak talk, if you wouldn't mind giving us a little bit of history about yourself and where you live and all that fun stuff. Sure. I am in uh, Rockford, Illinois. I'm originally, though, from New Jersey, so I consider myself still a Jersey girl. I still actually have that on my license plate. And um, I work in IT, uh, deal with computers for Lubrizol. And uh, my husband is also in IT, and they could be stressful jobs. So we started doing backyard barbecue just to relieve stress on Sunday afternoons, just watching the smoker low and slow. And uh, in 2017, we started competing in the uh, KCBS circuit. Um, and we started actually at a comp about 10 miles from our house, Heritage Days in Belvedere, Illinois. And uh, we had a chicken call, our very first comp. And uh, as they say, as soon as you get a call, you, you're hooked. And we, we, we were hooked. And we competed only four times that year. Um, but we ended the season with an RGC, um, which was awesome. And then we went into 2018, um, you know, doing some more competitions and thinking, oh, we'll do these state competitions that kind of are Friday nights parts of KCBS. You know, we have nothing else to do hanging out with barbecue family. Um, so we did a couple of case, uh, SCA events. Um, and my husband and I were both lucky enough to get golden tickets that year. Um, and we went to world championship. We didn't know anybody in the SCA, but we had a blast. And we also qualified for world food, went to world food, had a blast, didn't do well um, in either one of those competitions, but had a lot of fun. And uh, then we went for 2019. We're like, okay, we're going to still do KCBS. We, we enjoy that in our barbecue family. And uh, we like SCA. So we'll kind of do 10 to 15 of each. And uh, in 2019, we wound up only doing three KCBS events, and we did 56, 57 <laughs> SCA events. Um, we had a little bit more success on the SCA side, um, and so we decided we were going to pursue that a little bit more. And it's also a little bit easier, um, one-day events, um, not a whole lot of prep at home because they supply the meat, so we weren't having to trim and, and you know get all get all the injection, all the sauces ready, ready. So it's a little um, easier to, to to pick up and go for the weekend. Um, so we started doing a little bit more on the SEA side, and then for the 2020 season, we said, let's not even fool ourselves. We're just going to go. You know, full out with SCA. We're not going to attempt to do a, a KCBS event this year. And uh, we were successful. Um, I, like I said, we haven't um, we haven't sold our jambo, and so we're not totally giving up barbecue yet. I'm sure we'll we'll make an appearance at a KCBS event, especially Heritage Days in Belvedere, Illinois. If you wouldn't have experienced 
the same amount of success at SCA as you guys did. I mean, it was you know pretty immediate out of the shoot. Uh, you said Worlds and and World Food Championships wasn't that great of an experience from a finishing standpoint, but obviously you, you liked it enough. But if you had the experience, if you had more success at SC or at uh, KCBS right off the bat, could it be? a different story altogether? Could we be talking to the KCBS team of the year uh, points race winner at this point instead of the SEA? All right. So just go ahead and disconnect and hop back in. In the meantime, I have a winner for your wing dust. That, of course, is somebody called El Jefe Smoke. Good for you, El Jefe Smoke. First one in, El Jefe, go ahead and re-email me now your shipping information, and I'll make sure that I go ahead and get your wing dust of my choice out to you, and you get that free of charge. El Jefe Smoke, your winner of wing dust, and that's from Cosmos Q. Uh, Sandy, will you have you back? Can you hear me now? I can hear you now, though. We are having thunderstorms in the Midwest right oh. now. So I was going to say, I mean, if uh, if anybody on the line is and we're having computer problems, you have to be the person that I need to be talking to anyway. So I didn't know if we had to worry about the dark web taking advantage of us for some reason. So where? Oh, OK. So I was asking you about if potentially we could be talking to you about the KCBS team of the year winners instead of SCA. Do you think that that was a, a potential option if you would have seen perhaps more success in KCBS right off the bat? I think so. Um, we still really, though, enjoy doing stakes. Um, like I said, it's a little bit less prep work. It's typically a one-day event. Um, to be honest with you, the financial um, investment is a lot less. Um, so I, we probably still do a little bit of both. And, and right now, I love how the SCA is really a food sport that's growing um, and has really has a family atmosphere. And there's a lot of women um, that are competing on their own um, and having great success. So I love to see that. And there's been also a lot of um, young people. Um, you know, I think there was six uh, kids, teenagers that were from 13 to 18 that qualified for Worlds and that cooked at Worlds. So that's really exciting. So to be part of that group and really help grow that sport, um, I, I think that's really has interested me a lot um, in the SCA. I had asked Brett Galloway last week if he thought seven, if you look back seven years and then you go ahead and look ahead seven years, if he thought he would have been here at this point at the stage and the presence that they have right now. And he didn't seem to think that they were going to be as popular as they are now. But as you had mentioned, you're seeing not only your uh, stereotypical males getting out there and cooking, you're seeing a lot of women do it. I don't know if there's a perception that it would be more difficult for women to have their own barbecue teams. Uh, a lot of men don't even do it by themselves. Obviously some do, some prefer it, but uh, to to see and as you said you so that's been the biggest barbecue topic when I was talking a lot about competition barbecue was okay well they're forties and fifties and sixty year olds but where's the next round of competitive barbecue coming from and there just didn't ever seem to be a really good answer and here in this instance you, you can see them they're taking part some of them are beating people twice and three times uh, their age and uh, yeah. as you said easy to do. 
Uh, it's not a huge weekend investment, the financial. So there's a lot of great things that are going on at this point. Uh, Brett also mentioned that even though they had to cancel 181 events last year, which kind of blew my mind, he thought they still benefited from competition barbecuers coming over to take a few stabs at SCA. And I imagine that once they see what it's all about, if they hadn't done it for, uh, and you could probably attest, that hook sets pretty quick, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We saw lots of lots of what I would call our barbecue family um, that we hadn't seen maybe for a while and they weren't able to compete, starting to compete in the SCA side uh, of it and becoming part of the SCA family. Um, and, and they had success, you know, with it and, and enjoyed it. And I see them, you know, we we if we're not competing, we're trying to watch live awards and we're, we're following results and stuff and stuff like that. And we're seeing a lot of comps on Friday night. Um, uh, working through storms and other great stuff here on the barbecue central show. Um, so let me uh, ask you if we look back over championship weekend, you collect your 2020 SCA team of the year award that you earned during last season, obviously. So it was certainly a year to remember for any number of reasons, that being 2020. But how do you recap 2020 from an SCA perspective? What are the things that really stand out to you about that year? It was a crazy long year. Um, and w the year started, actually, the 2020 season started after the Worlds, which was held in the beginning of October of nineteen. Um, so typically they had their world, uh, championship in October and that Sunday afternoon would start with the classic. Um, and I placed, I think I got fourth in that. So I started the season off with a really good, um, placing. And I, I was actually the only cook that was on the top 10 list the entire season, um, which is a huge accomplishment, um, especially with the amount of competitors and, and great competitors that we have. And so we had competitions um, through October, November, December, January, February. Uh, and then in March, we were actually in Australia um, for meat stock, and we were supposed to compete in SCA there. Um, and that's when COVID kind of really hit and changed, and um, meat stock got canceled. We were actually at meat stock starting to set up. Oh. And the promoter's like, hold off, you might not want to unpack yet. And uh, we got word that meat stock was canceled. And there was actually um, eight of us, eight U.S. SCA cooks that were there. And, you know, we were, we were disappointed. And a lot of the Australians were disappointed. And someone kind of raised his hand. He goes, hey, I got, you know, an acre, two acres, about a, uh, an hour outside of uh, Melbourne, and we could we, we could have an SCA event in my backyard. And uh, we pulled it together, and we had sheep stock, as it was called. <laughs> um, and we had a blast, and it, it was quite a memorable experience. Actually, three of us cooked on the same grill. Nice thing with SCA, they allow more than one person to use a grill. You can't cook at the same time. So my husband and I, for a number of seasons, we actually cooked on the same grill. But at Sheepstock, it was actually my husband, myself, and Matt Overson, who was the 2019 points champion. We all cooked on the same grill, um, but had a blast. 
luckily made it back from Australia right when the borders were shutting down. And similar to KCBS, you know, we had SCA shut down um, with COVID and there was no competitions um, kind of halfway through March, then in April. And then in May, they started to pick up again um, with a lot of safety precautions put in place during Cook's meeting and stake selection and turn-ins and how our judges were seated and so forth. And then once uh, events started being put placed on the calendar, my husband and I hit the road. We actually competed every single weekend from May 1st um, through December 31st. We actually cooked New Year's Eve. Um, and so it was uh, 107 events, 55,000 miles. Um, it was long. It was a lot of fun. Um, great, great competitors. And we met so many great people along the way and helped a lot of charities. Um, not everybody knows, but the SCA does a lot of charity work and a lot of our events are for charities. A lot of um, veterans, we deal with the veterans, children's hospital, stakes for sheepdogs. Um, one of my favorite is Hope Landing, um, which is in Arkansas, uh, which helps children with disabilities. Um, and that's a great fundraiser. Um, so it was a uh, a long, fun, exciting year. Um, 2020 was crazy um, for for so many different reasons, um, but it was it was a good, significant one um, for me and my husband, I should say. So I finished as U.S. points champion, and my husband finished as reserve champion. It's the first time a husband and wife finished one too. Sandy Brown joining me here on the show from Stress Relief Barbecue, your 2020 SCA. Points winner, and as she had mentioned, her husband uh, finishing in a reserve, as we would say, in the barbecue world. So let me recap those past two years uh, and reading it back to you. Uh, first full year, SCA, seventh place in points in 2019, eighth place in points for your husband, 55 comp, six wins, 25 top tens, female cooker of the year, competed in 16 states and traveled a, a, a small 45,000 miles, and then last year, U.S. points champion with a record-breaking 481 points. Only cooked to be in the top 10 the entire season. You had mentioned a couple minutes ago. 107 comps, 36 top fives, 56 top tens. Most wins in the season with eight. Female cooker of the, again, uh, female cooker of the year again for the second year in a row. Placing the top 10 world champion chips. Uh, your husband is the reserve points champion. Competed in 14 different states. And then, as you had mentioned, 55,000 miles. When you hear it back... Does it seem like incredibly overwhelming or did it go by in the blink of an eye, even given everything that happened last year? It was, um, it was, it was almost a sense of normalcy for us. Sometimes when we were able to, to kind of go out to comps versus, you know, we did quarantine quite a bit. Um, and, and actually my husband and I both have been working from home um, since we came back from Australia. We've never gone back to our offices. Um, so it kind of gave us out. Um, because we do it together, um, there's a lot of balance there. I will say from Thanksgiving to Christmas, it was tiring. Um, there was, I think, 18 new comps put on the calendar um, in December just because the points chase got that competitive. Um, and we drove to Texas, I think, three out of four weekends, and that was long. But with, there was so much 
SDA family support. We were, you know, people knew that we were on the road driving through the night and people would call us. Hey, how you guys are doing? You guys got this. Keep going. We're cheering you on. You know, just just to to give us the strength to kind of continue on um, with with the the journey. It, it was a long year, but it was awesome. I, I wish we had the video. I have a really big Super Bowl ring, which I'm super excited for. Um, and I also get a trip. Um, the U.S. Points Champion does get a trip. Um, we're not quite sure yet. We're working some of the details out um, with Ken and Brett from the SCA on where we're going. Um, just again, kind of watching with COVID, but I'm sure it's going to be an awesome, an awesome trip. All right, Sandy. So I hate to do this, but uh, we've uh, run out of time here. Uh, technical issues have scavenged some time from us. But what I would like to do is get together with you uh, off air when the show ends. So we can quickly reschedule you again for a Tuesday coming up maybe next week or, you know, depending on how it works for your schedule, because I still have a lot of stake process to talk and uh, a little bit more recap of 2020, of course, and then uh, your title win. So uh, if that's amenable to you, I will touch base with you after the show and we can get you right back on. I would love to come on. I love talking about the SDA, and thank you so much for having uh, me, and sorry for the technical difficulties. No problem. (laughs) Uh, We will get it worked out, and we will have you on again soon. Thanks so much for coming on, Sandy. All right. Thanks, Greg. You got it. There she is. Your 2020 SDA points champ. I mean, there's there's so many dynamics there that I didn't get to. I will turn her back quickly so we can Go ahead and finish up that conversation. Trooper hanging with me through those technical difficulties. Hopefully, there aren't the same technical issues in Austin, Texas. Derek Riches is in the green room. I will talk to you quickly about Primo Cookers. The website, of course, primogrill.com. Not grills, grill. What do we know? About Primo at this point. The shape. Key differentiator. The shape. It's oval. Yes. Does it give you true two-zone cooking because it's oval? Yes. Do the round ones say they give you two-zone cooking? Yes. But do they really? I don't think so. These are things you can only achieve when the size is different, like an oval. So you can get all the coals over to one side, have a fire side, you can have a completely vacant side and my purpose let's say it's the left side put your meat on top of the void where you can do a little reverse sear and then when you're ready you can crack open that bottom vent all the way you can have the top all the way open and away you go now you're searing you're locking in the juices and all the other stuff that people say that you're doing that you're not But you have that opportunity with a Primo because of the shape, the oval shape. There's more than 60 cooking configurations, if you can believe it or not. It's made in the USA. It's got precision-controlled manufacturing. It's got the highest quality ceramics you can get in a ceramic cooker as well. New product updates for 2021, available right now here in the spring. A new easy lift hinge, which reduces the force to lift the grill head by 70%. So now you don't have to take Winstrol and whey supplements in order to muscle up the head of that grill. Much easier now. All the upgrade kits are available. You can upgrade your existing Primo with all of these new features. If you have one, you can visit a local dealer to see product improvements for yourself. 
and then make those upgrades at that point. Again, the website, primogrill.com. That's primogrill.com. You can find your dealer locator over there as well. You can find them on the Instas at Primo Ceramic Grill, and you can find them on Facebook, Primo Ceramic Grills. Primogrill.com and Derek Riches is coming up next. Stick around. We'll be right back. We give stuff away People give us stuff on the show To give away at no money for you That's why it's free Send an email on its way When I tell you to That's why we give stuff away Oh, just when you thought the giveaways were over No, no No less than two giveaways this hour. I told you I got a lot of Cosmos Q wing dust. El Jefe Smoke was your first winner. I'm looking for winner number two. By the way, I didn't preface this in the first giveaway. I'm assuming El Jefe Smoke is in the United States. So if you don't live in the United States, sorry. Move here and you can win wing dust if that isn't motivation enough to get over here to the States. Shoot me an email and in the subject line put Sandy Brown and I will give you a selection of my choice of Cosmos Q's wing dust. Cosmos Q, that's Cosmo with a K and Q at the end, CosmosQ.com. You can get yourself some if you don't win, but shoot me an email right now and in the subject line put Sandy Brown. And I will give you your wing dust. We'll announce the winner here in a little bit. Good luck. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central show. I got to tell you, I forgot how awesome those promos were for the giveaways. I really nailed the lyrics. This portion of the show being brought to you by cookandpellets.com, your number one quality source for wood pellets. For all of your pellet-driven cookers, visit cookandpellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit amazon.com as well. As we effort Chris Becker on the show again at some point, he's very busy. So he'll get to me when he can get to me. All right, it's the fourth Tuesday of the month, and that means a visit from the most respected barbecue journalist in the game. That, of course, being Derek Riches, and I have my fingers and toes crossed, praying to baby Jesus himself that we don't have the same technical issues that we had with Sandy. Derek, are you there? I think so. Thank God. Does this this sound like I'm here? Prayers answered. Well, I mean, she started out like a house of fire, and then... Four or five minutes in, it was all over. But we're going to chalk it up to thunderstorms tonight. You're not having any thunderstorms in Texas, are you? Uh, last night, yeah. All right. Well, doesn't count last night. It's all about tonight. Yeah. Breaking news, Derek. A barbecue Breaking central news? show. Okay. Exclusive news update. Greg Rampey reporting from the breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio, where we break all of the breaking news that is currently breaking across the land. 
It appears Derek Riches has had a sit-down, as we say in the Cosa Nostra, with the longest-running embedded <laughs> correspondent, Doug Scheiding. So, spill the beans, Derek. How was it? It was, it was very nice. It was quite pleasant. Quite pleasant. What does that mean? That means yes. he left a little something to be desired? He didn't knock no, your socks no, no. off or what? Well, Go ahead. You can be honest. Deep. Well, we talked for about four hours, so I think wow, it went well. Wait. All right. It's a budding yeah. love affair, perhaps, in a barbecue way. Well, his wife was there, so. Yes. Oh, what are you talking about? We're, All we're right. There is something going on here in a barbecue way. Uh, so have you corresponded with Doug in the past, or is this like the first time that you've ever really talked one way or the other? Yeah, no, this is, I think, this is the first time we've uh, really met and talked and you know, he's got a lot of good stories to tell, and I might have said a few things. What was your biggest takeaway from the meeting? Uh, he's a nice guy. He's a really nice guy. Knows yeah. a lot of stuff. Knows a lot of people. Was I right? Is he much taller and, and bigger than you would give him, than you think he might be? Not not I, unusually tall. Not, not uncomfortably no, tall. No, no. Not he like... Was, uh, appropriately tall. Not Tim, uh, Tim what's-his-name over there at the... At the place. Oh, Christ. The place, What's yeah. his name? The competitive <laughs> barbecuer, Tim something or other. I can't think of his name right off the top well, of my head for some reason. Yeah. But he's 6'8". He's Jamie six, Purveyance nine. is too tall. Ja- oh, that's right. I remember you saying that. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah, he's um, too tall. So uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, you're giving the initial sit down. Oh, nine and a half. Wow. Let's go with that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Very was, little to get to the precipice so uh derek rich is joining us here of course from derekriches.com a couple business items to talk about before we do the first look at the char griller gravity feed charcoal grill uh number one is i'd say uh, maybe right after we had got done with our we had got done i think that's terrible uh after we had finished our segment last month traeger seemed to be out for sale you had kind of alluded to that as the year was closing uh, you'd also perhaps mentioned that Weber might be out for sale as well but Traeger definitely out and something that staggered me and I don't necessarily know how these things are evaluated or formulated but there was a number thrown out as far as evaluation of Traeger in the neighborhood of three billion dollars so is that just a number thrown out is there some meat behind that to pardon upon what do you think well, you know, um, this is put out by the principal owner of Traeger, uh, AEA Financial Old Money Group. They um, basically saying that they're looking to for a sale price of north of three billion. Um, I think what they're kind of saying is is that if they can they can get that range, then that's what they want to go to. But they don't uh, want to come out and say, "Hey, let's." you know, go fishing. You don't want to do that because it looks bad. If nothing happens and it kind of makes it seem like Traeger isn't worth as much as they thought it was, then it's bad PR for them. Uh, Traeger probably did over half a billion dollars in total revenues last year. They had about 20% bump. And considering that they were having trouble keeping product in, you know, in supply, uh, they probably could have done more. Uh, this is a six-factor valuation. Um, 
So that's high, mm. but you know, it's kind of something's worth what other people will pay for it. And if you think about it, Trigger has good brand recognition, large distribution. They're well known. They're kind of, you know, coming up in the industry. And <clears throat> if you compare it to say Yeti, publicly traded company currently valued over six billion. Wow, three billion's not, you know, it. It's I wouldn't pay that much for it certainly, but um, I, I, they got a chance at it. So you could be falling into the. And this will probably dovetail into the next topic of the sale of bb charcoal traeger potentially could be benefiting from a robust live fire year last year yeah the financial people are kind of referring to it as the covid bump the businesses that prospered from all the lockdowns and all that sort of stuff so you know Anything that would be associated with home cooking or, you know, anything like that seems to be valued much higher than it was, say, a year ago. So, yeah, um, certainly Traeger is benefiting from that. I don't know what kind of sale price we're looking at B&B Charcoal. Um, and I'm not sure that that's kind of the motivation on there. I, I mean, I'm sure that the people at B&B Charcoal got money and I'm sure they're oh, probably happy with it. But it's... I think for them, it's kind of more a merger that makes sense. Duraflame has a, a wide range, actually a wide range of products now, and they've got uh, a really big distribution network. And they, they can arrange for, you know, um, a lot of savings. So um, I've had some conversations. And another point out, this isn't official. Duraflame has not issued a statement stating that they bought B&B Charcoal. We know it has because people inside B&B Charcoal have said, yeah, Duraflame bought us. So there's no naming of names. It's not technically an official thing. But uh, the conversations I've had so far are that, one, B&B, the shipping costs are down. They're distributing to a larger network already. And so... There's already cost savings uh, going to B&B Charcoal. So, you know, it's a win for them. There was a lot of scuttlebutt and speculation as this was making the rounds a couple of weeks ago that people were worried that our loyal B&B fans, the way it has been, that the sale would somehow potentially wreck quality or would jack the price up or uh, because Duraflame also is the owner of the cowboy brand of charcoal. So now you have two different charcoal lines. Do you see a thinning of the herd where Duraflame might um, use cowboy in only certain retails or and B and B? So you would have, let's say, the the entry level car, uh, uh, cowboy charcoal, but then you have a more premium product being B and B, and each one is allocated into different retail outlets. Well, I mean, certainly to them, it's got to be a purchase that makes sense. Uh, they're not going to buy something that's going to be in solely in competition with one of their other products. The The big strong point for Cowboy Charcoal is that it has access to um, Whole Foods. So, uh, and that's, you know, the, the biggest value for that. B&B Charcoal has a good reputation. It's a Texas favorite. So, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, they love the product and they're going to be supportive of it. 
So that gives it a lot of, you know, brand recognition and, and popularity that way. How it gets the distrib- distribution works out, uh, you know, I don't know that that's all figured out at this point. I mean, we could be looking at kind of regional issues. Cowboy could be more of a Western product or more of a Northern product and B&B could go to different regions. But uh, yeah, I think that what we're going to see is, is that Cowboy is going to be kind of more of your base brand. It's going to be more of your discount store, more big box, whereas B&B might be more specialty marketer, you know, uh, different avenues that way. Uh, those questions aren't being answered yet. So, um, we don't know a whole lot, but it's B&B's, you know, it, it's a good brand and I, I don't think the Duraflame wants to ruin it. And I think that, you know, you know, on the kind of that issue, people are angry at Duraflame for what they think is destroying cowboy charcoal. And I think people aren't uh entirely correct on that fact cowboy charcoal had a reputation for being a little hit and miss in the past they did a lot of waste wood products so wood molding and a lot of that sort of stuff and they switched to you know scrap wood and those items but they were also pushing for the whole foods uh distribution and Whole Foods has certain requirements for sustainability and green agriculture and those sort of things. And I don't think it's necessarily Duraflame's fault. And it's just kind of a number of factors. And I don't think that that sort of is going to, those sort of issues are going to come up with B&B Charcoal. Derek Rich is joining us here on the show, DerekRiches.com, his website. And uh, so, couple different things we're going to need to wait and see. Uh, a, Duraflame is going to have to come out and make some kind of an official statement that they actually did make the buy. That would be nice. And then we'll see how B&B continues through distribution and if any of this internet scuttlebutt is worthwhile or if it's just going to flame out because things stay the same or potentially only get better. And we'll see how that goes here in the months to come. Uh, to finish out this evening, let's take a first look at this Chargriller gravity feed charcoal grill and how it would stack up to i guess what would be tantamount to its only competition at this point being the master built that was released uh, probably going on a couple years ago and as i had said in the open of the show we've been fans of companies like charbroil and chargriller and master built conceptually we've lost a little bit of chutzpah with them when they actually put rubber to the road and release stuff into the market. So how does this particular effort come out from a concept and then how does it come out from a, an actual physical being? Well, I mean, let's be honest. It's, it's <laughs> when Masterville came out with the gravity feed, they got a lot of press and they got a lot of coverage and, and a lot of people kind of love the idea of it. Uh, you're absolutely right. Masterbuilt, Charbroil, Chargriller, they have a problem with going from, hey, this is a great idea to can we make something that works really well and people will keep for years and years. The Chargriller really, they've kind of become just, one, they push big box mass market stuff. Their quality has been declining for quite a while. And this is just, okay, I'll just say a blatant ripoff. Really? Wow. Um, because functionally, there's nothing new here. 
They haven't changed anything. All they've really done is retrofitted one of their standard barrel style grills with this charcoal gravity feed combustion accelerated Wi-Fi enabled system. Um, which is really kind of a stretch for them. I mean, this is them jumping into a technology they've never tried before yeah. and not necessarily with a lot of backing. Um, you know, Masterville, of course, had been acquired by Dominus Equity, which put them with um, Kamado Joe. So there was a bigger pool of knowledge to kind of draw from. Uh, Char Griller, you know, it, it, it's actually uh, A&J Manufacturing, and they're headquartered basically in the back of a warehouse, you know, it's, it's, we draw stuff up, we get it made, we get it shipped to stores. So, you know, it's not, I don't see it as a great product. And, and I kind of have concerns about how it's technology is going to work in, in the real world. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's those issues, but you know, they know what they're doing. They're jumping in at 600 buck price point. So <laughs> they're undercutting, uh, master built and uh, in a pretty reasonable size, it's nine nine hundred sixty square inches. So it's a bit smaller than master built's larger unit and considerably less money. <laughs> so it'll be on a lot of storeroom floors and we'll just kind of have to see if people get suckered into it a bit. I was going to say, this is a specific instance of you're going to get what you pay for. Very much so. Yeah. But that's kind of been the way with Char Griller for a while. I mean, 10 years ago, they had some interesting ideas and a more solid construction, but it's been diminishing pretty steadily over the years. Are I they mean, potentially in danger of getting caught up in this whole Traeger Green Mountain Grill thing, depending on how that shakes out with Wi-Fi and all that other stuff? Well, yeah. I mean, technically, but you know, it depends on how that court case goes, um, if it actually gets anywhere. Uh, everyone could get wrapped up in that. So, I mean, should um, manufacturers, if they're thinking about launching something this season, hold for the moment? Is that a better play, or do you think they just want to go out with it and take the risk? I, th I yeah, I don't think anyone's going to hold back because I don't think anybody thinks it's going to stand. Hmm. Um, the real the real issue and the one that nobody has brought up with is that the patents should be attacked in the patent courts for being too broad and nonspecific. I think any patent court will just shoot it down at that point. Um, why that hasn't happened yet is simply because nobody's in a rush. Mm -hmm. If we're not going to see a, you know, a, a court case on this happening until the fall. Right. So, but I think before that happens, you know, somebody's going to step up and throw their lawyers at it, you know, maybe a Weber or a Danson or something like that. Um, and probably be able to squash it in a couple of months. So, but yeah, I mean, anybody who's doing Wi-Fi enabled anything at this point is kind of under that blanket. All right. Well, we'll see how that works out as well. You can see Derek Rich is right here on the fourth Tuesday of every month. In the meantime, visit him over at DerekRiches.com. Derek, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Hey, see you next month. All right. There he is. Derek Riches doing his thing, saying caveat ampter when it comes to the char griller. Uh, as Derek said, knockoff of the master bill. Not known to mix words. Which is why we appreciate Derek coming on the show and sharing what he knows. 
By the way, we do have a winner of the Cosmos Q's wing dust this time around. That being somebody by the name of In Inns Keep Spitter. Inns Keep Spitter. It would have been somebody by the name of Brian Ashman or Ashman, except he put wing dust in the subject line when I said Sandy Brown. Remember, you have to listen and act accordingly in order to win wing dust. So if you know who Inns Keep Spitter is, if I'm talking directly to you, Wally Inns Keep. Sorry, now that I'm hovering over it. Wally, you won. So you can also send me your shipping info. And I will send you out a pack of my choice of Cosmos Q's wing dust. Man, it feels great to be giving stuff away again. Uh, we're back right after. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. And this portion brought to you by Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Pro, Fireboard 2 Drive. You can monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. You can connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. And if you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're fully in luck. Fully in luck? Or you're just in luck. Because Fireboard is fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. That's 816-945-2232. Ted Conrad and the gang over there at Fireboard. They actually have a really cool one minute, I think it ends up being like three or four minutes, of explaining the thermocouple, the Fireboard 2 Pro over at Fireboard.com. So watch that interview as they show you that thing is taking 11 or 1200 degrees in the uni pizza oven so if you're worried about can it take the high heat yes it can by the way when i was talking with derek about who the tall guy named tim is i meant tim Shear, of course from shake and bake barbecue the self-proclaimed world's tallest barbecue man i might i might get that wrong but something along those lines he's six eight or whatever very tall Rave reviews about Doug and Derek's first date. Nine and a half out of ten. So there's certainly going to be a follow-up after that. I wonder who's going to reach out to who first and thank them for the time. That's what I want to know. Who's going to thank me for the time, everybody? Really enjoyed meeting you. Let's do it again soon. Call me if you want. All right, uh, we will refresh libations, and we will be off to the second hour. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. Be right back.